The following is a presentation of the Treasure Island Baseball Network. It's the show that goes around the horn with your Minnesota Twins, with insight from the decision makers in the dugout and in the front office. It's Inside Twins. Inside Twins is sponsored by Killebrew Root Beer, locally owned and operated. It's how memories are created and legends are made. It's a rainy Sunday morning here in Chicago, and it's time for Inside Twins, brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer, locally owned and operated. How memories are created and legends are made. We're joined by Jace Tingler. Jace Tingler, Twins Outstanding Bench Coach and the Acting Manager as the Baldelli family expands their playoff roster over a, a couple of days. And first and foremost, Jace, I want to talk just general baseball with you because I think you're such a, a wonderful asset with your varied experiences inside the game. I go back to the old Billy Bean quote about my stuff doesn't work in the playoffs, implying that there's a different way to attack the 162-day grind and then the compressed intensity of a playoff series. Where do you stand on that? Because we're getting to that point of the year where that grind, that having to think about the big picture is going away, and it's starting to get a little compressed. I do think, you know, you get to the playoffs, I do think uh, playoff baseball is is different. Just everything's more enhanced, I think. Uh, the strike zone can be maybe a little bit tighter. Pitchers are have a little bit more adrenaline. Things are sharper. And so I just think everything's enhanced. And so um, you'll see styles. There's other ways to win. There's different ways to win. And it seems like the last couple of years it's been a lot of bullpenning and uh, maybe guys coming out of the bullpen throwing in different roles that um, – that they threw uh, from the regular season. So you can see some different styles, but the the, the, the game's still the uh, same game. You got to throw the ball over the plate. You got to square the ball up, run the bases, and, and play good defense. You guys are in a, a unique position because you're marching towards a postseason berth. You're in good position to do that. So you do have the ability to try to line some things up a little bit because you probably don't want to do what you just talked about and put guys in positions they've never been in before. So will we see potentially some, some I don't want to call it an experiment, but some uh, exposure of players to different types of situations in the last few weeks of the regular season? Well, I think you've seen maybe a little bit of it. You know, we've, uh, we've moved Varlin, you know, who was starting earlier in the year to the uh, bullpen, and, and he's starting to, to move back and, you know, maybe some later roles. And so you'll, you'll see some things like that. We're looking forward to getting some guys back. Michael uh, Taylor is going to be coming back here, here shortly. And, uh, you know, from, from Alcala and a couple guys down in uh, AAA rehabbing. So um, we'll kind of see where we're at. I know it's, it's – uh, you know, two and a half, three weeks left. Um, we want to just make sure we're playing good ball as we get into the playoffs. You've seen the game from all the angles. You played the game. You were a front office. You've managed the game. You've coached the game. Um, I, I think that the position of manager is fascinating in the way that it's evolved. Uh, much more so now you have to be in lockstep with your front office. It's a partnership as opposed to, hey, there's a GM and there's a manager and never the twain shall meet. As you sit here in the manager's chair for a few days, how would you define the role of the modern baseball manager? Well, I, I don't know. I think Rocco does a tremendous job of it. Um, you know, the way he communicates with the team, the players, uh, certainly the coaching staff in the front office. And then he deals, um, you know, does two interviews a, a, a day. So, you know, it's very time consuming. Um, you have to be very intentional of, of your time. I think Rocco does an outstanding job with that. And then, you know, once the game kind of happens, that's 
that's truthfully, um, that's kind of the fun part of the day, you know, three hours. And yeah, there's some decisions to be made, but you're constantly talking to your coach and staff, your pitching coach, hitting coach, et cetera. And, and, um, you know, and certainly the, the, the medical staff as well, making sure you're, you're up to date on, on, uh, the injuries and who's banged up. So it's a ton of communication. I think, uh, watching Rocco do it, uh, truthfully, you know, the last two years, um, I, I know I've learned a lot. Now, you have to talk to your bench coach, too. Don't forget about talking to the bench coach. Um, you guys do so many things, and it's not just a, I think this and everybody falls in line. That doesn't fly around here. Rocco and the front office, they want opinions. They want you to voice it, to back it up, so you get different points of view. When Rock isn't here, obviously the team's in more than capable hands. But do you ever in the back of your head think, okay, is there who's representing Rocco's potential point of view uh, in a conversation? I, I think the main thing is we've been playing – pretty good baseball since the start of the second half. We just want to kind of keep that flow going. We want to keep playing ball. Uh, we're not going to be doing anything drastically different. Uh, we're going to keep the, the the same flow. And so I think what's helped is, honestly, we've gone kind of one day at a time. We've got Sonny Gray on the, the, the mound today, Cease on the other side, who's really good. Uh, so it's going to be a good pitching matchup, and we got to find a way to, to, to scrap some runs, get some runs on the board for Sonny, and, and hopefully uh, walk out of here with the series win. You mentioned Sonny, and Sonny Gray has a very specific game day demeanor. Today, with a potential delay with the rain, is his demeanor suited to be caged up like that, waiting for the unknown? Uh, or, or is a day like this a tougher day for Sonny? I think you should go up and ask him that specifically <laughs> would, would, would be my answer. Um, no, I think it's you know pretty well known. You kind of... On Sunny Gray's start days, you kind of let him be um, at his locker or wherever he's at, you know, throughout the day, and and uh, then once he's done pitching, uh, he turns back into the Sunny Gray we all know. Yeah, and uh, I will not be doing that. Uh, the two words Sonny Gray has spoken to me in the last two years are no and nope. So I'm going to leave it like that, and I'm going to give him a wide berth. Topic, broader topic, strikeouts. Uh, we know that the offensively, the strikeouts are down the second half, but this team's going to set a record. Pitching-wise, already setting about to set a record for the strikeouts uh, recorded by the pitching staff. And there was a big story written on it, and Derek was quoted, and there's a lot of different points of view. There's something I always come back to, and I would love your opinion. Pitching-wise, everyone says you got to miss bats. You have to miss bats. You celebrate strikeouts. And then you talk about strikeouts for an offense, and it's always like, oh, they're fine. Yeah, we don't mind. They don't get in the way of scoring runs. They're part of the deal. How can it be so important to one half of the equation and not as important to the other half? Great question. Um, it's definitely important on, on the pitching side uh, to create swing and miss, to uh, not allow a chance for even weak contact uh, being a hit. So I do think it's important. Offensively, there are different ways to score runs. You can you can sock, um, you can get on base, you can steal bases, you can create runs. I think the, the reality is you look at good teams, great teams, teams that win the World Series, uh, they're well balanced. Uh, you can't be really one strong and ha have a ton of weaknesses. Uh, I think you look at our second half. We put up more runs, and you said it. We've uh, we've cut those strikeouts offensively down a little bit, and we've been a more productive group. So. Um, it is important. It's something that we got to continue to work on. Uh, it's important we drive the ball. It's important you drive the ball into the gaps, over the fence. That's one way uh, that, that we create runs. But uh, we've got to continue to improve and uh, cut, cut down on some of the strikeouts offensively. 
in the second half of the season when the offense has really honestly been humming along, a lot of that I think has to do with the health of personnel. Jorge Polanco has been healthy. Max Kepler has been effective. And then you, you talk about the injection of young players and what Royce Lewis has done, Eddie Julian's done it, Matt Walner's had stretches where he's been able to carry an offense. And then a guy I really want to focus on is Willie Castro because Willie Castro is one of one on this roster in terms of his ability to do things that really nobody else can provide from versatility to the ability to get a bag. How critical an element has this guy been since day one, honestly, of camp when he came in with no guarantees? Willie, it feels like Willie and Solano, maybe Farmer to an extent as well, have just been kind of like some, some unsung heroes. Willie being the example of playing all over the field, uh, probably our best base runner, um, really good defensively in the infield, in the outfield, and what he's done, like switch hitting uh, the baseball. Truthfully, we can't get him out of the lineup. He, he, he's played so well. Um, so he, he's been a huge component. You know, you talked, uh, you know, a lot like on, on uh, the position players and, you know, from the veterans. And then I think what's really ha- – uh, helped is the way the young guys have stepped up. You know, from you, you said the names Walner, Julian, uh, Julian Royce, AK, etc. You know, we we feel we've got a an exciting young core, and uh, they've got an opportunity to play meaningful baseball these last couple months, um, and they've got a chance to get into the playoffs and gain more experience. And so, uh, we're excited about this year. We're excited about you know this this young group moving forward. That's the voice of Jace Tingler, the Twins bench coach. He'll be the acting manager today and for the uh, next couple of days is Rocco Baldelli back with his family in the Twin Cities. We'll take a timeout. This is Inside Twins. It's brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer. Back with more from Jace Tingler on your home for Twins baseball. Welcome back. More Inside Twins brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer, locally owned and operated. How memories are created, legends are made. Speaking of memories, Jace Tingler is our guest. He'll be the acting manager next couple of days, the Twins' fine bench coach. When I spoke with your sons earlier this year, we were hanging out in the dugout. They'd taken some, some infield. They were sweaty, chomping on some gum. I asked them for their favorite ballparks, and I expected the classics. You know, oh, it's Wrigley, it's Fenway, it's Yankee Stadium, or one of the cool new ballparks. And I don't remember which boy it was. He said, I like the one with the exploding scoreboard. I was like, Chicago? Because this is far and away my least favorite ballpark to visit. But it made an impression on the young Tinglers because apparently they love this place. They they like the city of Chicago. I'll say that. I think they like the Ferris wheel. I think they like going down by the the lake, walking around, a lot of activity. Uh, As far as ballparks are concerned... Um, they've always been partial to the Green Monster, you know, out, out in uh, Fenway. And then um, I think uh, I think our ballpark in Minnesota is one of the best from the weather to the beautiful like downtown to the surface. Um, I think uh, I think it's a sneaky kind of uh, diamond, just a, a gym, hidden gym. Um, that'd be uh, our field at Target Field. I would not disagree with that, and uh, we'll have to convince your boys that Target Field, Minnie and Paul, greater than the exploding pinwheels here uh, in Chicago, and let's keep those pinwheels in place today. I bring up your family because we talk about baseball and lineups all day, every day, and this show gives us a chance to talk about a little bit more, and that balance that every one of us in this game has to strike with family and with the game. And especially I find this time of year when school starts and then spring when school's still going, the hardest for me. Do you feel the same way trying to trying to do your job and do it really, really well and playing for something big, 
but also kind of wanted to be at back to school night or something along those lines. Yeah, you know, we, we, we fight for balance. And as we're talking now, I think my wife's taken one of the kids to a soccer game. And then at noon, they've both got baseball games. And so she she and uh, the grandparents are kind of, you know, going back and forth. But um, um, you miss out on a lot. Uh, but there's also terrific opportunities that, uh, you know, the kids get that maybe some kids don't. And so that's part of the balance as well. Um, we're excited. We're excited. Uh, they've made some trips. Uh, hopefully we get into the playoffs um, and, and hopefully we can make some magical memories um, with a long playoff run. And I know they don't take it for granted and it has to also bring a smile to your face when you see Sonny with his kids on the field playing catch, you know, uh, on a day he's not pitching. And, and players at a younger age, I think now more than ever before, understanding not to take that for granted and providing some of those memories. I think so. You see somebody like Sonny that's been around <clears throat> and, you know, for him to share those moments with his kids, those are the memories that the kids are going to remember. Those are the memories. I think Sonny and his wife and the family, um, that's important. And so being able to share those, it brings uh, a huge smile, you know, to my heart, honestly, when I see the kids at the field, when I see you know, whether it's Duran's kid or whether it's Solano's kid and, and, and Sonny's and the list goes on and on. And we've got a lot of really tiny ones in the nursery. And I know there uh, we've got a couple that are probably a year or two of being able to get some ground balls on the field. And I look forward to those. You know, we're in this interesting time as you're trying to close out uh, an AL Central crown and move on into the postseason. You understand what the playoffs are like. You've been there in a, in, in a couple of different roles. And so have several of your players, but there are also guys on this team who have no idea what's to come. Is it almost better that way, to not cloud their brains and just let them forge ahead with that young energy and not get worried about what's to come? I think so. I think we've got the combination of guys that have been there with, you know, playoff experience and We've got enough talented guys that are young enough, young enough and uh, quite frankly, they're not scared. We're going to go out and, um, you know, hopefully play good baseball. So, uh, you know, again, don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves. We know we've got uh, uh, some good baseball that we need to play uh, these next two weeks. And I think our goal right now is uh, we want to play our best baseball of the year. Um, these final weeks, we want to be hot. We want to be a tough team uh, when we get into the playoffs. You mentioned that, and I, I want to jump back on that point about playing good baseball now. Against the Rays, it's pretty easy to get up. You're facing a team that's a playoff-type team. The intensity of that series wasn't the cleanest series on either side, but it was an intense series between two really good teams. We got here to Chicago, and the, the ballpark is dead. And Chicago was kind of going through the motions the first couple of nights. And yet I feel like your clubs maintained their focus in that atmosphere, which it seems like it should be easy to do, but human nature, not always as easy as you would think. No, the first two games, I think we did a good job. Came out, got some leads, and then we were able to add on, and pitching and defense did their jobs. You know, yesterday was a little bit of a rough start. We probably got punched in the face there, getting down five, but um, still love the way we came back. We fought pitching. Um, you, know, uh, you know, Pablo settled in got stronger as it went and and then offensively you know we, we had a chance there late in the game so being able to answer uh you know what were we down six seven one and being able to to, to get the bases loaded tie and run at third winning run at second um that's what we need to keep doing just keep playing till 27 outs keep playing good baseball 
That's the voice of Jace Tingler. We've got one final segment with Jace. The show is Inside Twins. Inside Twins is brought to you every week by Killer Brew Root Beer. Locally owned and operated, how memories are created and legends are made. We'll take our final break. We'll come back and chat with uh, Jace just a little bit longer on your home for Twins Baseball. It's our final segment of Inside Twins brought to you by Killer Brew Root Beer, locally owned and operated, how memories are created, legends are made. Joined by Jace Tingler in the spacious and luxurious manager's office here in the visiting clubhouse at Guaranteed Rate Field. And Jace, I want to bring back a segment we ran earlier in the week in which you were referenced, though not featured, and it was about the Immaculate Grid. We heard from Hank Conger, we heard from Tommy Watkins, and they both said, you're the guy to get the low points, to get the really good points, to pick the most obscure guy who's played for multiple teams. Tommy said he's incredibly average. I took him at his word. Hank said he likes to go with the guys he watched as a kid. They said, though, when you really want the deep cuts, you go to Jace Tingler. Is that a fair assessment? So we have a full team on the immaculate grid in the coaching room. And so Tommy, Hank, uh, the one that you need on your team is Pete Mackey. That's the truth. Pete gives you uh, players from the 70s, 80s, where the real points are made. So Pete's good. Uh, Colby, Nate, Nate is outstanding. So I feel like uh, we probably cheat as a coaching group because we are truly like one team on the immaculate grid. Um, but it's a lot of fun, honestly. It's probably the favorite 10 minutes we have uh, together throughout the day. And, and I will say those 70s, 80s guys are critical because recency bias, the current guys are going to be big and Hall of Famers are obviously going to be big. So if you read the backs of a lot of bubblegum cards in the 70s and 80s, I think you got a chance to make a, a real dent. I also sat behind you when you turned around and said, hey, did Ryan Flaherty have won at bat for Cleveland the year he was with them for a month? So I feel like you might have a little inside intel here that could lead to some pretty obscure choices. So uh, coaching in three different organizations, meeting a lot of different coaches, staffs, players over the years, I think that's an advantage. Uh, the I think the my best advantage is I started collecting baseball cards. 1985 top sets have 85 set all the way through uh, today. And I was a huge fan of playing RBI baseball on Nintendo. I can go right through, whether you want to talk about that that Cardinals team, uh, you know, we can go through all day on, on the Mets, Yankees, American League All-Stars, and it's all from 87 RBI baseball. See, and your parents were like, hey, get off the video games. What's it ever going to do for you? And here we are, and you're putting together amazing scores on the Immaculate Grid. Uh, the coaching camaraderie is palpable in, in this group, and you guys do do a lot of things together, whether it's fun contests or whether it's Tommy and uh, Rudy playing cards or kicking a soccer ball around. You need that, right? I mean, when you're with this tight group in close spaces in an intense atmosphere for this long? Yeah, it's, uh, it, it really is a tight group. Um, we're a pretty active group. We, you know, uh, whether we're in the gym together, whether uh, we're outside playing soccer, uh, pickleball, and spring training, um, you know, I think uh, I think being active, I think moving around and uh, bonding together, and we become really close. And uh, I think it helps. It helps because we're always together. We're it's kind of a second family uh, away from our families. 
um, you know, certainly when we hit the road. And and so it's it, it's nice being around a, a group that, quite frankly, you call you know some of your best friends. We'll close with this. It is a Sunday. The TVs will be on. NFL games will be on. I saw Royce rocking his Pat Mahomes jersey today in honor of Latroy being with us on the trip. I know that that's your club too. As a, a Missouri man, uh, what's the prediction for today? Uh, I think the Chiefs get their first win today. Um, Chris Jones is back, uh, going to kind of establish the, the defense, get a pass rush on Lawrence, and so I'm liking the Chiefs today as well. Did you have a favorite Chief growing up? I mean, we, we can talk like 1990s Chiefs, like from Christian Okoye, Barry Word, Harvey Williams, uh, Dave Craig, you know, back at quarterback. Uh, loved it, like in a short two years, the Joe Montana days. Um, but yeah, they grew up watching Derek Thomas, Neil Smith, that 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 whole crew, uh, kind of early '90s, and then all the way through. Steve Mono's agent is on the phone. He's mad that you he's mad that you left him out of that. Jace, it's been great. Appreciate your time as always. Always a delight to have you here on Inside Twins. Again, the show is Inside Twins, brought to you by Killer Root Beer, locally owned and operated. How memories are created and legends are made. And we're just getting started. Pre-game lineup card is coming up next. We'll hear about another Chiefs fan. Our memories with Mike segment will be coming up as part of our Sunday pre-game lineup. Card and then it's Sonny Gray versus Dylan Cease, the main event from Guaranteed Rate Field here in Chicago. Should be a whole lot of fun. We're glad to have you with us sharing your Sunday right here on your home for Twins Baseball. You have been listening to Inside Twins, brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer, locally owned and operated. It's how memories are created and legends are made. This has been a presentation of the Treasure Island Baseball Network.